You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. I have been eagerly awaiting our guest on Preaching Source today. Uh, he is an old friend, and he's a familiar leader to Southern Baptist. Dr. Ronnie Floyd currently serves as the president and the CEO of the Southern Baptist Convention's Executive Committee. Uh, he is a past president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He comes to his current role after 43 years of pastoral experience, and if you've been around the SBC for very long, you know his face. He's a familiar face and voice to us, and we're proud to say that he is a Southwesterner with both uh, master's and doctoral degrees from Southwestern Seminary. Ronnie, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you, Barry. Great to be with you. Our topic today is spiritual leadership in preaching, and you've spoken and written often on this topic. So let me just start by asking, how, how does spiritual leadership, that is leading people in spiritual matters, differ from leadership in business, politics, and sports? Mm -hmm. And you know a lot about those areas of leadership, mm -hmm. too. So what, what are the similarities? What are the differences? Well, I believe that leaders lead from the inside out. And uh, when you lead from the inside out, that means that your spiritual life guides uh, where you go. Uh, to the level of your spiritual life will be the level of your leadership. As your spiritual uh, life goes, so goes the rest of your life. It's also true about your preaching. It's also true about those other areas of life uh, that we deal with in business, politics, sports, whatever it is we might want to talk about. It's going to literally affect us because when we're walking with God, obviously it's built upon the Word of God. It's built upon a fervent prayer life. It's built upon being filled with the Holy Spirit who never leads us apart from God's Word. And, uh, and our preaching and, and, our, and our view of life and perspectives of all those matters needs to permeate out of our walk with Christ. And that's why it's so important that a pastor... Never, a preacher of the word never needs to compromise his spiritual life. Lead from the inside out. Preach from the inside out. Nehemiah did. He sought the Lord in chapter 1 through prayer and fasting. And look how God used him in his life. Hmm. Ronnie, you recently made a, a very dramatic change in ministry after decades of, of a very fruitful, effective ministry and, and a close, loving relationship with a, a great congregation, uh, you uprooted yourself and moved to Nashville and took on a, a new and very different responsibility. How, how does a pastor leader sense when God is preparing him for a new season mm. of ministry, a change well, of ministry? Yeah, well, thank you for the question. Um, you know, uh, last year when five different positions were open in the Southern Baptist Convention, um, I started hearing from people about uh, pretty well each one of those positions because of my background. And, um, and uh, you know, everyone has thought through the years that one day I would do that. There was a day that I thought one day I might do it, but I had determined uh, not determined, I had more just realized that that probably would never happen. In fact, my wife 
after going to the Southern Baptist Convention a year ago, um, not this past June, but June before last, she came home. She said, hey, are we what's going on here? All these people are saying you're going to go do something else. I said, honey, trust me, you have nothing to worry about. Forget it. It's not going to happen. And I really felt it wouldn't happen. But then uh, the Lord captured my heart. The Lord uh, literally issued a strong call to my life uh, last year in January, February, March. And that call ended up being uh, towards um, Nashville, Tennessee, to lead the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee, of which I had been on for 10 years, um, of which I had spoken to on numerous occasions, leading various things, including being president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, but I really never thought that they would do it. I really just didn't, because you know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a change agent. I'm a, uh, I'm a leader. And, um, and while I don't think necessarily that, that, that that's negative for them, uh, it, this time it's what they wanted and what they deeply believe God wanted them to have because they want to see the SBC go in a new flourishing direction, and so do I. So there, there was. Uh, it sounds like there was a a flow of in in their in God's working with the executive committee. There was a time when a dramatic change was needed and a strong catalytic leader was needed, and it it simply came up at that point in history that now the job, the role, the task mm -hmm. was one that fitted your gifts. Does that make sense? I would think that's true because there are other times I could have done that, or maybe I could have done something else. I'm not saying I could have, if the Lord wanted me to do it, I could, but, but it, it was a moment. I think, I think God uses moments to, to create um, opportunities to lead uh, the man of God that he wants to use at that moment in that time of history. I also believe that uh, I want people to understand sometimes pastors, uh, they get perhaps dis discontented where they are or they get, um, you know, restless. Well, I just want to tell people I wasn't restless and I wasn't discontented. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a bitter pastor and my wife is not a bitter pastor's wife. We are satisfied customers. We had a great run, and and we we praise God for the opportunity. Um, Sundays are different now; our lives are different, uh, really different. Um, but um, still, what turns me on and gets me rolling is getting up every day to know that I can help shape um, one of the great. Uh, denominations in the United States to, uh, to to touch the world with the gospel. That's what motivates me. Ronnie, Ed, uh, we all know that every living thing either changes or it dies, and the same thing's true of churches, but we've both seen uh, change that's done in a way that's toxic and then change in a way that's life-giving. How, how does a, a pastor leader, how does he prepare a church for a season of change and transition that needs to happen, mm -hmm. uh, and especially how how does uh, a two part question? How does he do that? And particularly, how does preaching prepare people for for mm. change that needs to happen? Yeah, um, if you're speaking about 
change in a church and a direction, that's one thing. If you're speaking about change in regard to that pastor one day walking away and doing something different, that's well, another let's talk, thing. Let's talk about both. All right. Mm-hmm. I think change in relationship to uh, a direction for a church, I think one of the things pastors forget is that they need to preach their vision. Uh, so often uh, they tend to to assume their people are going to read some silly brochure or some you know digital brochure uh, and they think they're going to move the congregation that's a great word you know <laughs> you need to preach your vision you need to stand up with God's word and deliver thus saith the Lord God of heaven you say well how do you know that get before God I mean I saw my church um, in 2001, become a multi-campus church in one day and made that decision, heard the vision, made the decision in one day uh, with complete agreement. That decision and also bought property with an option and also made a strong commitment. And the church was not hurting. The church was extremely flourishing then. But we just sensed it was what God wanted us to do. And therefore, from that moment, our church tripled uh, in relationship over the next uh, 18 years for that one decision. And that decision was made because God put it in my heart. And I knew it was right. And it was through times of prayer and fasting when the Lord spoke to my heart. Um, Now, about relationship to transition in in the pastorate. You know, how does a pastor get his church ready for him to walk away? Well, I, I really think that started probably a decade ago. Not that I ever thought I would walk away like I did. Um, but when you start sharing the pulpit more, that helps people more in that process. Multicampus ministry um, encouraged us to do that. Plus, I felt a compelling uh, passion to do that. I, I believe deeply that one of my things is getting the next generation ready for leadership. I've done it for years and years and years. And, um, and we have young men uh, serving the Lord and young women serving the Lord all over America and the world. Um, and it's because of a lot of reasons. I believe in calling out the called when I preach. I believe in the power of preparing the called. I believe in doing everything I can to mentor the called. We had done that for years and years. And it seemed like the last five years, because I was president of the Southern Baptist Convention in 2014, 2015, and 16, I became president of the National Day of Prayer in 2017. I was involved in all these things, and it seemed like God was, was, was opening my prayers. But my intent was this, this past, uh, in 2019, is that the fall uh, of 2019, I was I was going to give everything up, and I was going to go back to my church and just really soak in, because that's what turns me on. Until God called me away, and um, but you know I had shared the I had shared the leadership, I had I had lifted men up that God was using greatly, Dr. McCarty, and because of that, I'm telling you the church made the difference. The church made a decision. Uh, I led them through a succession moment about two years ago when I began to tell them, I really believe that we need to be ready. Something could happen to me. I could die instantly. I don't think I'll ever be called away. Maybe one day I might want to retire. I don't see it, but maybe one day. But the bottom line is if something happens to me, we need to be ready. So within a year, they had already made that decision a year ago who that was going to be. 
Now, our church didn't know that until we introduced the successor. Uh, and then they voted of the successor two weeks later. And uh, so, you know, it's all a miracle of God, and we just praise him for it. Wow. Ronnie, how, uh, since a, a pastor is, is casting vision and he's leading from the pulpit, how, how does he make sure that that, that leading from the pulpit is, is really, you know, God's direction and it's not just a bully pulpit for, sure. for his preferences? How, how do you guard against that? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things. Number one, above all, be sure you're preaching the Word. Uh, stay in the Word of God. Have a word from God. Stay in your study, um, even if it takes you two balls and two chains around your ankles until you hear from God. Um, get a word from God and stand up and declare the word of God. Uh, the second thing is wisdom in your leadership in preaching. Uh, what do I mean? Gina's daddy was a uh, was a pastor. Uh, never pastored a church, probably running over three or four hundred people. Uh, usually minister in smaller towns in West Texas. Um, and he he's with the Lord now. He pastored for over 50 years. And he, he told me this when I was a young pastor. He said, Ronnie, when you're angry, preach on love. And when you love, let them have it. And those are great words, you know, and, and how practical that is. Because sometimes, you know, pastors preach their, they make their pulpit bully when they don't feel good or they think people are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're complacent or they're this or they're that. And sometimes we just say too much when we don't need to be saying too much. It's like years ago when people started traveling uh, on Sundays with their kids, you know, and in baseball and all these other silly sports that people go do this stuff with. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I don't like it either. Uh, and probably when that first started, you know, I mean, I just was going crazy because I'm I'm a big guy on Sunday, man. And um, but, you know, I've learned through the years and learned in that last 15 or so years of pastoring. You know, you just, you just have to glide with where people are and only God's going to call them up. You got to hold the standard up. You don't compromise the standard. But but you don't you don't try to beat them up from the pulpit. If you have a problem with your people, have you a sit-down conversation with your people outside of the pulpit itself and keep the pulpit holy? Every Ed Young taught me this years ago, Ed Young Sr., he said, Ronnie, every one of your members in your church deserves to have a pastor. Try to stay out of the things that would ever eliminate you from being their pastor and try to always champion that you're you're the, you're the Bible preacher and you're the leader that God has called, and stay in that lane as a pastor. Mm. Ronnie, you've you've mentioned the importance of calling out the call, to preparing and mentoring the call. G- give us just a, a brief sketch of how a pastor does that. Yeah, I think it's very important. I did it probably my last two decades at Cross Church. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure that uh, there were 10% of the Sundays any one of those years that I did not, during some time of public invitation on a Sunday morning, say something like this. Today, if you're here and you believe that God might want you to do something with your life that is no longer in business or sports or law or whatever it may be, but you believe God might want you to enter ministry, to go to the mission field, 
You feel God's creating something in your heart. I want you to come today and and surrender your life to follow Jesus in that regard. And they came and they came and they came and they came and they came. I think the power of that, Barry, is you put a seed. What does God want me to do in my life? You create the seed of am I willing to do it? And you create finally the opportunity that God takes those seeds and then he zaps them with the call of God and they have no option. And I think that's key and critical. And exposing your people to things outside of your church will help you. Mission trips, um, taking them to the Southern Baptist Convention, doing something that exposes them beyond their own little world. Anything you can do to enlarge vision, help people to wonder, I wonder if God might want me to do that. And exposing your people to great lay people who, who might forever going to be a CEO or they're going to be a housewife, but I mean, they're dynamic. And then exposing your people to some person that God calls from the business world into the ministry. Somebody radical that God just shifts their entire life. And so that's what I did for years, and that's what I believe works, and that's what I'm planning on really championing among the Southern Baptist Convention over the next five years is that I'm going to encourage every pastor of every church, call out the call every Sunday morning. We need, we need a bigger pipeline with hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of men and women ready to go to the mission fields and ready to go and be the pastors and the, and the church and the theologians and the seminaries and whatever else God calls them to do. Mm. Ronnie, you uh, had a great ministry for a long time in the same place. What, what are some of the leadership lessons that, let's say, you learned in the last five years of your ministry at, at uh, uh, Cross Church that you wish you had known your first five years? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, that that's a hard one. You kind of asked two questions. I'll deal with the what I wish, what I wish I'd have known right. on the on the first right. one. Um, I th- I think one of the things I would like to tell my myself in that first five years: slow down, uh, Dingo Floyd. Walk slow through the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tell me, Ronnie, enjoy the moments. I would have told me in my first five years. Um, it's all about relationships, bro. That's all they're going to remember. That are the moments that God creates in their life. And so, Barry, transitioning to the rest of that question on that, that's exactly what I learned in the last several weeks I was at my church. It's all about the moments, and it's all about the relationships. The moments when I thought I had not delivered the way I should have delivered was the very moment that God used in their life. I learned something, Doc. When you have long-term ministry and you're just a faithful preacher, you don't have to be a great preacher. I'm not a great preacher. I'm just faithful. Just faithful to get up and teach the Word. But I'm going to tell you something. I learned the cumulative power of influence and leadership. For 32 and a half years, I stood up and delivered the Word of God. For years and years, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, 
every Wednesday night. That's not in today's language. I got it. And it wasn't in my language the last decade or so. But I'm telling you, I was faithful. I preached thousands and thousands and thousands of times at that church in all kinds of settings. And the cumulative power of what God does in a person's life over the course of years, when that pastor lives faithfully and he sees it through, that's the key. You know, a person says, okay, so how do you stay at a church that long? Well, you know, I think you keep growing. You know, that church got a new pastor all the time because God was making me more what I needed to be. And um, at my church, I got a new church constantly because God was growing my church all the time. And there were some moments, I mean, some moments when all of a sudden, in a day, the Lord gave that church a new pastor. And in a day, God gave that pastor a new church. And I don't mean literally, but I mean spiritually. And when that happens and you're growing and it's all about love, the culture of love. I mean, at Cross Church, we didn't fight. The only thing we fought for was the unity of the body. I mean, we lived out Ephesians 4, 3, and that is to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And that's how the church was built. And the church was strongly led by Jesus, who overall was the ultimate pastor. And you had me, the under shepherd, trying to listen to what he had to say. And that church, for some reason, God put it in their hearts probably 10 years, 20 years before I got there. Trust and follow your pastor. And, you know, when, when, when I left, I handed the leadership over to my 35-year-old son named Nick, who's also a graduate of Southwestern Seminary. And the Lord blessed that moment in a powerful way and is blessing his ministry in a powerful way. And it comes back to this. Here am I, Lord, send me. Doesn't matter what your age is, what your stage, your location or vocation is in your life. Always be willing to follow the Lord. I started praying that on March the 4th, 2018, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit as I read the Word of God one morning. I didn't know why. I had no idea. I said, Lord, I don't know why you're having me do this, but okay, here am I, send me. I've always had that heart. But then about a year later, all that was preparatory, I found out. To this time, it was about me. And I had to decide, do I believe all that stuff that I preached? And I did. And we walked and we trusted the Lord. Wow. Ronnie, as the uh, president and CEO of the Southern Baptist Executive Committee, uh, your job largely consists in leading leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is with a pastor in local church, their staff, their deacons, their, yeah. they, he leads leaders. How, what, What's a good word that you could give pastors on how to do that well? Mm. Pour into leaders. Surround yourself with leaders. Don't be threatened by leaders better than you. Understand that the greatest place you're ever going to see your church thrive is in the business community. 
and trust to those business leaders, leadership in your church, and trust to them, um, your staff at times, if you have a staff, and let them teach your staff for you. They're a lot smarter than you think they are and a lot better than you think they are. And some of us as pastors could never keep up with them. And um, I, I poured into leaders for years. I believe in leadership deeply. Um, and probably I'm known to be a leader more than I am known to be other things. But, but regardless, you know, as a leader, I think the key is you've got to keep on growing. And, and, and you've got to expose your people to great leaders. When your people, they, they are looking to you as a pastor. Uh, in my role now, I mean, I am with leaders a lot. There's no question about that. But, but I've got a team back there in Nashville that I've got to make better leaders every day. And, and I'm working on them. And I'm, I'm getting a team together that wants to be great leaders and are great leaders. And, and uh, you know, leadership is, is, is really trying to put yourself under the leadership of the Spirit of God and let the Lord teach you all along in your spiritual life. And then the skills that you have, like David had, you know, the integrity of your heart and the skills of your hands, the power of that. We need to be better, Barry. How can I be a better preacher? I didn't stop asking that question 25 or 30 years ago. I'm still learning about preaching. Now it's different. But you know what? I'm learning. And uh, and so, man, I, I just think we have to be honest about who we are and we have to be who we are and, and grow, 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 grow. No one can teach you to be a better leader than Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Read what Jesus does about leadership. Take a look at him. No leader ever compares to Jesus. He has a movement that is still alive today. That's a good word to close on. Uh, our guest on Preaching Source today has been Ronnie Floyd. He's uh, the president and CEO of the Southern Baptist Executive Committee. And uh, Ronnie, just I, I join with our listeners today in saying thank you for your service to our Southern Baptist family. And our prayers are with you uh, to lead us well, to, to be fruitful in every good work God's prepared for our family to do. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Doc. Great to be with you.